You want to play the game. My game. By my rules. I am the gatekeeper. I rule this game. And you, you will obey my rules. I'd like to punish one of you now. You? Yes, you! Answer me, you maggot! Time's up. If you failed to answer yes, my gatekeep in time, you are banished until I choose to release you. <laughs> Listener, I guess you all failed to answer because you're all going to be punished today. Welcome to Roll and Move, the podcast that takes a look at the worst and weirdest board games. Probably the internet's only podcast that's still doing this these days. We're flying uh, a little bit lighter in some respects today. No, no Tom today. You get to hear my lovely voice guiding us through this discussion, but a little bit heavier as we we took on a little bit of extra baggage here. Brought in a couple uh, new faces. We'll get to them in just a second. Friends of the but, show. Uh, friends of the show. Friends of the show, as, as you're well aware. We, we have lots of those. But uh, I am your first co-host today, uh, the one and only 100% attendance record, recordee, record holder? I don't know. Uh, Garrett Lively, and with me as uh, usually always, we got uh, sometimes always is uh, Jeff Lee. Um, as a child, I you know was pretty spooked all the time. I was a spooked up kind of kind of kid. Uh, didn't really like goosebumps. Kind of watched uh, just the theme of Are You Afraid of the Dark? If I wanted a little <laughs> spike in the heart rate, you know, and uh, that's pretty much it. Wasn't didn't really like scary stuff. Yeah, I got I got you pumping. Uh, and then we have a couple of guests today. Some uh, some brave young souls that decided to. Uh, Bring us one of the one of the first recommendations we've had for for board games here on the Roll and Move podcast. We had to get them on. We brought them on some uh, some friends based over in Atlanta, our our hometown. Uh, Travis, welcome. Thank you, Gary. Uh, you know, long time, first time. Just happy to be here. Part of the magic. <laughs> Part of the magic. And uh, Travis, you introduced us to the owner of this wonderful little series, which we're we're going to delve into here in a second. Uh, Jessica, Jessica Anderson. Hello. Hello. Welcome. So, uh, so you two are are board game avid board game players. I I, I know Travis is. Jessica, you you play a, a lot of board games. You seem to know your way well around uh, tabletop simulator as we were playing today. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I have um, been getting quite the introduction into online board games during this quarantine period. <laughs> this right, is right. tabletop and, and what... simulator. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I guess online board games are, are the DVD board games of, of 2020. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we decided to meld those two today. What better um, than a mashup, right? I, I, I can imagine a lot of things, but today, <laughs> today we have the mashup of DVD board games. So uh, we'll dive into this game a little bit, but um, how, how long have you been holding on to this game, Jessica? You you have a copy of this game. Um the Atmosphere series, and we we had a copy on Tabletop Simulator that was called Nightmare. However, you have a version that is not called Nightmare. It's called something else, right? 
Yeah, um, it's the Harbinger's version. And Harbinger's version, okay. Yeah, I can't even remember how I initially acquired this game. But how, how long have you? How long do you recall having it? Just like your your entire childhood? Is it? Is it just always been there? Is it something you've like moved from house to house and you open your closet and it's like there? And you're like, I, is it? <laughs> is it a curse you inherited from your grandmother? <laughs> I would. I would have loved to have inherited this from a grandmother. <laughs> um. I, I, so I went back to my um, childhood home oh, about a month or so ago once I was stuck here in the house in quarantine and I was scavenging through the old boxes of games hoping to find this particular one because I, I wanted to revisit it with all of my extra time. And luckily it was still there. A bit, and, and a bit musty and basement smelling, but uh, still. I, that, you know, fully they probably intact. packaged that into the box. Uh, you know, even 20, 30 years ago. So <laughs> my guess is that my guess is that it's it's always been that way. Instead of those silica, instead of those silica yeah. keep dry packets, it's uh, some basement must packets in there instead. <laughs> yeah, it just smells like mothballs. <laughs> yeah, found some like old leaf debris in the bottom of the box, which I, is actually true. There really was leaf debris in the bottom. Oh yeah. Of the box. yeah. Oh, collector's item leaf debris. <laughs> so you, uh, so you actually, you did play this as a child, right? Like, oh did you yeah, play it periodically or just once. Have you? Did you play it a lot? Was it a, a family fave? Special occasion, Halloween, maybe, or just any time. Uh, so I played it a lot, and I would often play it by myself, <laughs> playing multiple characters. <laughs> oh my god! Nice. You're the perfect person for the show. <laughs> Okay, and it, did you turn out the lights when you were watching this, or, or was it just... Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't so much about the fear factor, It was, okay. but I would, like, I, I'd set myself up on the living room floor <laughs> and put in the, the like, VCR uh, <laughs> videotape, and um, I took it very seriously following the guidance of the, the, the man on the TV, but besides right, that, it was right. just me and my imaginary uh people playing the game with me my brother i had a brother but he didn't like playing games so it was often me and the game <laughs> just for our listeners a vcr is like uh youtube in 1995 so yeah we'll have to get to the challenge that uh asked us to out the oldest person uh, so so jessica you had this game and you told travis about it travis you went looking for it on tabletop simulator and at the time Right, you didn't know that this was a different version. You just found atmosphere. atmosphere. No, I knew I knew Is nothing it, about this game. She told me about it, so I immediately went to Board Game Geek. I said, "Oh my god, I have to tell, I have to tell a little bit about <laughs> this. We have to play this game together." And uh, I I was not aware of like the kind of the depths that this series goes to. So I just kind of found a couple on tabletops and that looked like fun, and I didn't even know that there was options out there. Travis is probably our most loyal listener. He's uh, definitely have the most comments on our Facebook page. So we have a we have a special place in our heart. A for true, so a true he's, friend he's, of the show. Just, we, uh, we use that term a lot, but a true friend of the show. I just want to I just want to help you guys out with that algorithm. I know it can be nasty sometimes. <laughs> you know Thomas's words very well. Yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say is, you you knew very well our catalog of games. You know exactly the uh, the kind of you know dumpster trash that we're we're looking for so you saw this game knew it fit right up our alley right. uh you found it on tabletop simulator was it was it hard to find or was there just one version or was it just well, right out the, of the game uh, there's, there was a couple of versions that also translated into about six or seven different languages too so 
uh, fairly oh, world, fairly oh, perfect, world, yeah. worldwide appeal. I wasn't aware you could play it by yourself. So that, that was new information. <laughs> so yeah, just a, a little bit more backstory. We were in the middle of playing this on Tabletop Simulator. And I think Jessica was like, I don't think this is, this looks different. This board's not the same as mine. And so she sent us pictures of the board. And we we're like, what the heck? This is way different. Yeah. So we absolutely, I think, um, after some discovery, realized that we played the oldest and the worst version of Atmosphere, which is perfect for the show and the <laughs> listeners of Roland Moon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so basically, uh, we've been talking about, you know, this is a series. What I what I wanted to talk about real quickly is the, the production company that put this out. So this was put out by a, a company called A Couple of Cowboys, and it's what Jeff and I often refer to ourselves as, but these guys went ahead and got the trademark. Uh, but they were an interactive game production company, and they put out, I think, uh, let's see here, 16 games throughout their lifespan. They started back in 1983 by a couple of um, cowboys, <laughs> fittingly <laughs> enough. Two of them. <laughs> no, no, it was actually it was two former reporters uh, from Australia. They got together, and they began releasing mostly VHS interactive board games. So we have the atmosphere here. They had mostly entries into the atmosphere series but they also had one other game which i don't want to talk about too much uh because i after looking at it i kind of want to get it onto the show as well because this looks absolutely horrifying for all the wrong reasons it's called rap rat video board game and it's got um imagine you know those uh you know those like creepy pastas that like detail like um lost episodes of like the simpsons or like felix the cat or something yeah, yeah. and it, it says you just like start staring at the character and like their skin starts melting from their face and they become a skeleton and they're crying for 30 minutes straight <laughs> basically this this rat on screen appears to be what those creepypastas just a result of that of. yeah <laughs> so that's, that's the only tease i'm going to get off of that but they had um other than that they had another game called the truth hurts but other than that the other 14 games were all in the atmosphere slash nightmare series I just want to say so, that uh, you know a couple of cowboys. It sounds like they're a bit ahead of their time. They you know it's not this this game that we played. This nightmare game was was a video or you know a slash a DVD board game, um, which is pretty ahead of its time. I think this came out in 1991, um, and I think there was a heyday of DVD board games in the in the 2000s. So and I don't think I know of any other VHS board game. Uh, do you Garrett by any chance or maybe not? Off, or just, no, yeah, like it's no, DVDs. I, I remember once DVDs became big those were a thing yeah and, and I, like interactive games on dvds but vhs is no I'm, I'm not aware of any yeah same here i never i never seen a vhs version of a board game so this is like either way ahead of its time or it was obviously although maybe the person we should be asking jessica did you have any other vhs <laughs> yeah, board games? Like you, might, you may have had a collection this might have been your thing uh no this this was my one and only okay okay well that's that's reassuring that we're not too far out of the loop here <laughs> Um, but yeah, okay, so I, I, the earliest one I found in the, the Atmosphere series is 1991, and that was the nightmare game here in the States. It was Atmosphere or something else in, in Australia where they were based. Um, and they were releasing games up until the late 90s and uh, early 2000s. So they're no longer making games, unfortunately, but we're going to have to track down some of these other uh, <laughs> these other feats of uh, just roll and move fodder that they have put out um otherwise so basically what the game is i think we should uh break down or i guess what the what the video component of this game is is a narrator that is taunting ridiculing um driving the gameplay kind of and hurting your feelings don't forget hurting your feelings (laughs) hurting your feelings yes punishing (laughs) rewarding 
um, the player as they traversed a typical roll and move style board game. So the version we played, Nightmare, was a typical roll and move uh, game. It had a, a bunch of the tropes. It had your dice based purgatory. It had your gotchas, your take that's. It had your uh, skip turns, your uh, just sit there and watch everybody else play for 10 minutes as they complete a dice rolling challenge. Um, all your typical, typical tropes in the roll and move genre. Now, what I do want to ask is, Jessica, as you played the the Harbingers version of this, was that was this anything like what you recall from playing the Harbingers version? Yeah, yeah. So you still the the dice are what control like where you move on the the game board for the version I have, but the mm-hmm. setup is entirely different. Um, you have a central area where you start that can that allows you to kind of circulate around the board but but yeah beyond that you're following these different maneuvering paths in different directions and you can go forwards or backwards um you can go right left uh you have lots of different options for maneuvering around the the board so and it has what is it six different um little sections that are interchangeable so when you initially set up the game you put those in whatever order you want so each time you play you have a different oh, okay. track to play on so kind of a modular component yeah yeah definitely very cool. i'm telling you this atmosphere they had done a lot of things ahead of their time it's, uh, it's, two, <laughs> it's two steps away from a legacy game we actually played the lowest rated version of the atmosphere series or the lowest rated entry rather uh, and it came out in 1991. The Harbingers version came out in 1995. Correct. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so it, it seems they actually learned a couple of tricks uh, and improved upon their gameplay. Um, so I, 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 am, I would be interested to see just how different everything is. It, it seems the actual gameplay is different, but I, w- I would be interested to see if the videotape is different. Um, but anyways, all that, all that being said, I, I think it's time to kind of take a peek into the virtual box that uh, Travis dug up for us. So, Trav, as a longtime listener, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the... What's in the box? Well, uh, so we have our tabletop simulator here, and I, I think... <laughs> do, do you still have this open, Trav? Could you just describe this board for me? It's uh, it's spooky. Oh, it's I, it, it's has, like, it does have some good theming. It's mildly spooky, I'd say. Um, oh, it's pretty spooky. Okay, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty um, mildly to pretty spooky. You know, a bunch of kind of generic graveyard markers and stuff around. And, you know, you got your kind of typical circular circular outside with paths in the middle. We're trying to get to Wayne. Um, yeah, know. imagine imagine a uh, very like floppy or wonky or like a drunk version of sorry yeah or it's like it's it's like a wheel with spokes going in but everything is very just kind of twisty turning i think i had described this game in the beginning as like you took a bunch of scrabble tiles and i'd like drop them onto a table (laughs) it's just like really messy pieces or you know board pieces yeah um and then i want to save the the cards for last but uh so what were the player components um i because those were i i pulled two out of the bag and they were unique then after that it was all the same same two unique things there's six characters i believe there's only two different markers and six different colors so you have three tombstones and three kind of crosses uh, but there, other than that, they're not unique, and those, those align to six different characters you can be. And, and I believe Jessica was showing us pictures of her board game. These characters were in the following series, and so what, the only thing I had a question of is if, like, I believe it was a cross tombstone were the two mm-hmm. different uh, character yes. pieces you could be. Correct. Is that right? 
I wonder if that had to do with like heroes or villains or anything like that. But I, I'm there's there's a bunch of lore to this game that we are we unfortunately are not super certainly privy with. to. Yeah. Stay tuned for the comic reading after hour section of this podcast. <laughs> We're gonna have some bonus some bonus content extra. <laughs> um, okay, so we have the characters. We've got the uh, the board layout, and then it's got a it's got a coin, right? nice uh heads or tails coin but it did have a uh, drawing of a like a werewolf head for the head and then like a dragon's skeleton tail for the tail so it it actually took me longer than i'd care to admit <laughs> to realize that that stood for heads and tails but <laughs> <laughs> and i'd say like you know it probably took a lot longer because you that component wasn't used that often i think we flipped once right. <laughs> so yeah. and we can talk about that once we get to gameplay also in the box was uh, a nice d6 just a simple d6 which i I had a problem with there only being one D6, but we'll, we'll come back to that later. Uh, and then, of course, the game would have the VHS. And then what I want what I want Trav to talk about is all these cards. Because I, do you have access to how many are in each deck? Yeah, I, I just pulled it up so we could talk about it. There are Perfect. 117 time cards, 48 fate cards, 48 chance cards, and 6 nightmare cards so. so 117 time cards is the, is the <laughs> one i want to talk about Jeez. uh so these so these time cards uh basically these are all versions of like chance fate um you know community chess cards that you would find in your other classic role move board games that are just like move back two spaces or, or whatever however they are themed so that the time cards all have time stamps on them for the most part and it'll say at 1920 scream and if you scare anybody, they have to move two spots back. Garrett, I, I just pulled a I just pulled a whopper of one. Can I read it out for the podcast? Please, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. from uh, from zero zero from the very beginning of the game. Select a player. Whenever you catch their eye, give them a sly grin and rub your hands together. When that opponent, <laughs> <laughs> when that opponent finally asks why you're doing that, trade them this card for all their fate cards. That's great. <laughs> but it's at zero zero, right? Yeah, so you can do it from the very beginning. So this is. But they uh, don't. As soon but as they you don't have oh, oh that that point beyond right, right. from Got this it. point beyond yeah you can do Got that it. next most of the time That's cards yeah that is interesting most of the time cards if I remember were at a specific time yeah so if it was at just at zero zero that card would be useless because nobody has any fake cards at that point so right um, but it's, it's cool that you can kind of use it from that point on onward interesting yeah so just to give you a sense there are 117 as he said of these time cards which have you do something very specific at a very specific time and we'll probably get into the problems with that later but they all refer to the video so the video which i think is the main component of this game has a belarusian voice actor that uh, they hired maybe not a voice actor just an actor um, probably one of the designers to be honest <laughs> <laughs> no no he's he's a, i i read an interview in an interview with this gentleman oh really uh, oh great yeah we have to show so, link that. His, his name is wanati nasul uh, and he played the gatekeeper and he auditioned um they asked him if it was like at all improvised or if it was all scripted it was 100 percent scripted so they had this very specific vision that they wanted for this guy to just be mean he calls you maggots all the time throughout the entire uh video um but basically the the whole game either one of two states is on the screen it's either him talking and when he's talking you have to be paying attention to the directions that he's giving out he'll likely be instituting some challenge uh, punishing random players or calling out for random players. He very often calls out uh, for a specific player, like player one, player two, or whatever. And that player is supposed to answer, yes, my gatekeeper. And if they don't, they'll get punished. Or the other state of the game is there's a timer um, counting up to an hour, at which case, uh, which point the game ends. And 
during that timer is when you're doing your typical roll and move actions. You're rolling around the board, and I, I guess, I guess that brings us a bit to the rules. There's not a m- much to go over, um, but I, however, I, I refrain from reading the rules during the uh, 30 minutes of setup that we had. Trav, I think actually you may be best to go over the rules on this. Man, it's so painfully generic roll and move with a bunch of take that mechanics added in. So, you know, depending on the space you land on, you get to draw one of three cards, and those cards either protect you from being hurt or help you hurt character, other people. But you only get to hurt other people with very specific conditions. So, like, you might draw a card that says, if you are the werewolf and your player number is four, take all of... uh, (laughs) the the ghost fate card so there might not you might not be the werewolf you might not be player four there might not be a ghost in your game um so So, yeah so like just the the first part of that statistically you have a one in six shot of being the werewolf and then you have a one in six shot at being number four so there's a one in 36 (laughs) shot of that being the case in general and then you have the additional the additional clause of there being a ghost in the game okay yeah so very specific components um for the take that um and then the board layout has what three different types of cards that you mentioned earlier the chance yes. the fate and the time cards and then what's the uh, so what's the goal of the game yeah uh, so it looks like it, it looks like each character has about one space on the board that corresponds to their player number so as you want to land on that space and get a key and the goal of the game is to try to collect six keys so then you can land on very specific spaces and roll a very specific number to get to the middle nightmare part of the board <laughs> and win the game yes and I, I do want to come back to the nightmare but the keys are uh, not only are they your keys to getting out of the uh, the other side is what it's called canonically, but it, they also give you like better versions of the fate cards, which are a little bit less specific and not time stamped, right? They're like uh, yeah, so you can escape any punishment. Yeah, and they'll and they'll interact with uh, your tombstone typically. So every character has like a starting space on the board, and uh, the key cards will be like if another character lands on your tombstone, flip a coin. If heads, take all their stuff, basically. And then there's also these little spaces. What are there just two of them? The black hole spaces. Yes. Okay, so there's two black hole spaces on the board, and periodically, either the gatekeeper or through card effects, you will be sent to the black hole, which is just a sit here and wait until the gatekeeper says you're 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 free. Or you can land on them, right? I think you just land. Or, or yeah. can you land? On, yeah. yeah. Okay. I I never happened to me, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but. But yeah, so there's these two spaces on the board that just are called black holes, and you just sit there and wait for the gatekeeper to release you from your black hole, um, which I, I we'll talk about more later <laughs> again. Um, but yeah, so as Travis said, to win the game, you get your six keys, and then you make it. What's the final space called again? Nightmare. Nightmare. Okay, and then the final <laughs> nightmare um, in the game... You, so in the tabletop simulator version, this is a little bit modified, but in the in the actual game, in the rules, everybody before the game starts is supposed to write their greatest fear on a slip of paper. And then you mix all those slips of paper together, and then once you get to the final space, which you have to roll exact, right? Yes. It's a, yep. it's a dice space per yep. Once you land on that final space, you draw from the, the pool of the greatest fears, and as long as you don't draw your own greatest fear... Or something that you don't fear, you win the game. So it's a it's a it's a strange inversing. They make all these like very very specific and impossible to create odds throughout the game. But the uh, the final win condition is is generally pretty easy in my mind. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. That's how you win the game. Is you collect all six keys, make it to the middle, and don't get scared. What happens if you do get scared? There, Trev. Right. I think it kicks you back out to your uh, your character's tombstone. And you have to roll back to get to that uh... nightmare spot. Okay. Luckily, Travis got on his first try. 
for all I had, of our sake. I have to say, I had to say, I had quite the series of rolls leading to my uh, victory in this game. It was it was a miracle. I think. I think you're using F instead of R on the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to talk about the cards. I mean, like, so I, I was in last place throughout the whole game. I didn't get a single key, but I I got a bunch of like, for example, chance would give you one half of a key. And if you got the other half, you would you'd get a key. But I always kept getting the same half. Uh, I got a couple of fate cards that like would never apply to anybody because they didn't have that perfect combination of, or I didn't have the perfect combination of player plus number, uh, or those people weren't in the game. The, m- half of my time cards, by the time I got them, were either uh, like we had already passed that number, uh, or you know they were later on in the game. Like I had a couple time cards that were at fifty four and fifty five minutes, I think, and the game ends in an hour, so you really yeah. can't do that much at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, like there was, I ended up having a lot of drawing a lot of cards that I didn't do anything with. Um, yeah. And I think I counted them up. I actually stacked them. I think I had seven fate cards, seven chance cards, and I think nine time cards that I didn't use. So like twenty something cards that I just picked up and put down. I couldn't use at all. So, so Trev, you look through the deck. How many? So the key card you talked about, those are in the chance deck. Is that right? That's right. So those are. So basically, it's a picture of a key split across two different cards. However, there's how many? How many of the top half of the key are there? Like there like, are. I, there's a funny moment in the game when Jessica started pulling them out of her hand and Travis was like, no, you have to have the bottom half. She's like, I know I'm just trying to make, I'm just make trying room. to make space <laughs> in my hand. So there are 11 top halves and one bottom half. Okay. That's, that's hilarious. So there's no hand limits in this game. So everybody, I, at one point I had like 12 cards in my hand of from four different decks that I was trying to like look through and find the very specific conditions that I needed to satisfy in order to play them and like punish somebody. And then not only did I have to get that very specific condition out, but then I had to flip a coin to see if it just like a very low success rate, right? Like across all right. the different things. And, and also all the cards are horizontal and this is specifically a, a tabletop simulator problem, but when you put it in your hand, it's horizontal. You can't you start getting to the point where you can't see them because it just takes up so much hand space instead of vertical cards. And, I thought that was really funny. Um, and then compound that with uh, the various challenges that I, I want to talk about that the um, the gatekeeper would throw at you periodically. I mean, how often would you guys say that he was coming on the screen and acting a challenge? Maybe every two minutes, three minutes, felt like. Yeah. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. And so basically these challenges were, were <laughs> I, we found pretty humorous. I'm not sure how difficult they were, but they would, uh, you, you could tell they were geared towards maybe a little bit younger players. They would, one time he came on the screen and he's uh all right, which of you is the oldest maggot? <laughs> and uh, Travis instantly outed our, our dear friend Jessica. <laughs> the co- the competition was now that you are have declared yourself the oldest, you had to announce that every to everyone how old you were, which which Jessica did, and then the gatekeeper would ask if we thought she was lying, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Um, so it, it, interesting in that aspect, cause like maybe uh, adults, I, I don't know. There's the stigma that, that people don't like telling their age. Um, and so I, I don't know, this kind of has that nod towards adults playing this game. But then the challenge was that you had to roll a dice as many times as you could to get up to that number. But if you ever went over, you had to start all over again. And it had, I don't know, a 45 second timer for you to do that. And so when you get to, to be our age, you know, the late twenties, uh, early thirties, that mid-30s. takes some time. I, you know, I was, I was being nice. Was, uh, <laughs> unlike the gatekeeper, but you know, don't, don't, you don't have to out us trap. Um, 
but it, it takes some time to get up to that number. So you know, if you're if you're a 13 year old, you can you can knock this out in three rolls. But once you're in your uh, 30s and you're rolling ones for four triples, <laughs> it, it becomes very difficult. Um, but it's funny. Jessica was like, yeah, can we just say that I'm done? Um, <laughs> and right at that time, the gatekeeper's like, have you failed? If so, you are banished. And uh, she, unfortunately, was sent to the black hole. But he would have various competitions like that or challenges like that. you know, And they're all pretty much the same. He would call out a person, and that was either based on your actual physical some attribute yeah like quality yeah yeah. some attribute how old you were or it had to do with like your in-game pieces like if you were the vampire or if you were the red piece or if you were player number four um it would just call out that player that player had to respond and then he would give a challenge either for that one player or for everybody or some some one versus all challenge so he had a, he had a, a pretty good variety of challenges and I think the only issue that I had with that is if you play through the game again, you would be fairly familiar with what is coming up throughout the throughout the game. So maybe you would uh, just be ready to roll <laughs> on any of those fronts. Yeah, I think Jessica. But, um, it's funny. I think uh, so. I think you ended up getting like two or three of the. Cho- you got a lot of them. You had the chosen one and and the age one, right? Was there another one that you got? Um, a couple of times, like he would interrupt and say, "Whoever's turn it." It's about to be, yeah. uh, so I got, I got caught on a couple of those. Yeah. I, I think it was interesting that they made you remember like a separate role, um, as oh, like yeah. the chosen one or whatever, like obviously the mm-hmm. oldest and, um, and then, and then they tried to call back on you, uh, like a couple of times throughout the game, but I feel like it didn't happen enough. Like there seemed like there to be, there's like, there's too many of those little instances and everything kind of got watered down a bit. Like, did anyone else feel like that as well or? I felt like that specifically because the punishment was almost always you get sent to a black hole, and then by twenty minutes into the game, black holes most didn't of matter. us had yeah, black, yeah, most of us had a card that said you're you can get out of the black hole because one of the keys that you get, as, as I said, they're permanent um, buffs <clears> for your character. <throat> one of them was like use this key to get out of the black hole, and once you had that, you could just not worry about the, the black holes yeah. um so it became kind of annoying that he would like interrupt for 45 seconds every two minutes and the only punishment would be to one person the black hole yeah i think the thing that bothered me the most is that it just disrupted the gameplay like you're saying like everyone just had to pause and um we couldn't part of the rules um i, don't, I can't remember if we covered this was whenever he came on screen nobody could roll so as mm-hmm. one person was resolving this thing um, like we, none of us could do anything, you know, it just kind of right. just made us all wait. Um, yeah. Well, and I think that was a useful rule because there were times when I just wanted to keep going, but I would not be paying attention to the, uh, the gatekeeper if he was talking. So it, I, I think it was a actually a decent rule. However, compounded by the fact that, uh, he kept interrupting every two minutes yeah. for a useless punishment. That, that was a little bit more harsh. Um, what I do want to ask Jessica did when you were playing this as a kid, do you remember, a, it's just a VHS, right? So there's not like it's not like a DVD where you can like switch scenes or like have different <laughs> scenes come in. So like you, it's on a it's on a you know a railroad track. Like it's just it's going to go throughout this timeline. It doesn't change up, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's it's it is uh, always the the same um, same timer, same commentary, same sequence. Is it the same actor <laughs> by any chance? <laughs> always the same actor. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, as in, like, was was the person on my VHS right. the one was that we watched? Was it different than the one we played? Honestly, I don't, I can't, I can't confirm that. Just um, uh, throw your tape in a VHS player and find out. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking at the tape right now, but I have no way of accessing it um, for what's inside. My memory is that it was 
different, but I don't, I can't, I can't confirm that. Well, um, according to this Vice article, he, he was the gatekeeper throughout the series. Okay. So it, it looks like he was. But I think one thing that might contribute to you remembering it differently is every time he would come on the state on, on the screen, he would appear a little bit older. Yeah. I don't know if y'all noticed that, right? I did. Like he... He kept aging, like his teeth kept getting more and more gnarly. And to the point at the end of it, he was basically this ghoul that was uh, with like shiny eyes that was coming out of the top, um, or that was emanating from it from his eyes. So I thought that was a pretty nice touch as far as uh, him him aging and the end of life coming. But that, that was pretty cool. So funnily enough, I want to talk about the voice actor a bit, Wenanti um, Nosol or whatever. When I watched him act, uh, I kind of kept thinking that he was doing this weird like pursing of the lips thing uh and i I thought he was just doing it to be in character uh but then i looked at his picture on imdb and he just does that like (laughs) that's just just him (laughs) like this part of his anatomy so kind of feel bad making fun of him now but um yeah like the whole time i was like he's just you know this is just in character for him like his whole face was stoic like everything Mm -hmm. nothing moved but his lips um like you know he didn't his eyes didn't move at all he didn't twitch he just kind of stared into the camera um, even when he like yelled at you, he didn't really like, you know, his eyebrows didn't move. He didn't get angry. Um, he just kind of raised his voice and that was the only thing that changed. So I always, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I, I was curious, um, like, did, do you remember as a kid, Jessica, if like this guy was like creepy at all or shocking or like, did he still feel kind of lame, uh, even at that age or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I remember not, I, I was a kid that would get scared pretty easily. And so I remember not feeling very frightened by him. There are moments in the video where it would startle you, like if you're kind of tuning out from the sounds and then he like interrupts the screen. But I don't don't think he appeared... Menacing? Yeah, yeah. I was was not intimidated, um, but I did take him seriously. So you took okay. So actually, that's kind of what I wanted to ask. So did you feel uh, pulled into the game from the video, or did you just like games in general? Like, did the game, did the video kind of set it apart? Yeah. So I I, I liked the randomness of the video to where mm-hmm. depending on at what point in the game he would interrupt, the game would change yeah. in different ways, and so. I, cause you can play a lot of the components without the video there and it still can be right. fun. Um, but I right. would play it with the video because it would take something that like each time would come up with a, with a different, uh, unfold in a different way. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I actually thought they did a pretty decent job with randomizing it. As I said, the tapes on tracks, so you know exactly, or potentially you know exactly when he's going to come up, when he's going to say things. However, with everybody randomizing what numbers they draw and what characters they are, yeah, the outcomes are different. Affect different people. Yeah, the yeah. only so thing that would be actually, the same is just the age, right? I think if you, you know, play with the oldest and the youngest players, so that'd be the only time that they would get affected. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm I I kind of count that one. That challenge is a negative for me personally, but you know that that's what I think. Trav, were you pulled in? Were you? Did you feel uh, intimidated by the gatekeeper, or was it just an annoyance to you? Uh, you know, I was <laughs> I was enraptured to be honest. You know, I was hanging on his every <laughs> word. Could not wait for his next appearance. Um, and and for I guess talking about the tabletop simulator mod for a little bit, uh, the audio we we all had to sync up a YouTube video of this to to play along, and the audio for me was 
very loud compared to y'all's voices in Discord, and I could never get the audio right. So it was, um, I was scared, just like Jessica was saying. Whenever he <laughs> just like popped on the screen, it would it would startle me because uh, booming he in your head. Usually, usually announce himself uh, very loudly with a oh "My God, I'm back," <laughs> and uh, that 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 did get me. Or so even at even at thirty, you just come back and be like, "Get out of the, get out of the black hole. See you later." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those. You would have some of those, uh, what are those, uh, what's that video editing software? It's like T-something. Um, T, anyways, where people like fade in and out. So he would, uh, he would like fade into the screen with the timer and just said, I release you from the black hole. And then just fade back You can out. tell they just <laughs> filmed, they recorded that clip once and they just like sprinkled it out throughout <laughs> the game just so they could have it. Yeah. And I would always like have the die in my hand and like stop rolling. And like, oh wait, he's just, he's just really. All right, I'm going to continue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think uh, maybe we should see what the uh, rest of the internet feels about this game. So does anybody have any reviews that they would like to read on how the rest of the world... And we can do from any of the Atmosphere games, because I think they all kind of pull from the same uh, I don't know, theming and, and gameplay. So if anybody has any good reviews, there's a ton on, on Board Game Geek, if anybody has any picked up. Okay, so this isn't really relevant, but I'm just this review here. I had the VHS copy replaced with the DVD copy. Looking forward to the new version in 2020. Ooh, I, that's plot twist. I haven't heard about. Let me see if this Vice article was written because they were asking if the uh, couple of Cowboys production. This was written in 2015, so maybe when was that comment? When was that review? This was from uh, April 2020. Oh, well, there we go. Maybe we can uh, be on the lookout for... We'll we'll have to post a link if we can find confirmation of that. I got an interesting review here, and I thought about this during the game, too, and you kind of mentioned it um, uh, in your comments, Garrett, but this guy said, I know I got a great kick out of this as a child, but I remember memorizing the videotape after only two or three (laughs) plays, and then it's no fun. So, yeah, you kind of know what to expect, and, you know, the the scare factor is kind of gone, and you kind of can game around it a bit, I guess. Because yeah, I know exactly at minute 2020 they're going to call on the oldest player to roll three dice in a row. So add that into my strategy. But even still, even if you keep getting called, there's no guarantee that you'll be able to reach that number. I don't know. Right. I'm, a, I'm 100% on rolling my age, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we have one here from Game Night Blogger. He says, this is the silliest, stupidest, scariest, and most excellent thing to come out of Australia in 1995 that isn't Steve Irwin. This is one of our family's favorite games, and anyone that comes into our house is subject to being forced to play this game. You've been warned, maggot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wanna, yeah, here's, a, here's another. Um, this guy gave it an 8. So, great game. Basic board and simple components, and the video is pure camp, but the tension is real, and the gate, gatekeeper can deliver some sudden scares. Uh, game's PG, but can be too much for younger players. And then at the end, he goes, My three year old is scared of the game, but the eight year old loves it. <laughs> <laughs> This game's retailing for like seventy five dollars. It's like you got a you got a nice bounty there, a nice treasure piece there, Jessica. This is a you can sell it on eBay. It looks like for about seventy five bucks to to people. People are still searching for this. <laughs> it's, it's one, this this review makes me think of uh, I can't believe I haven't compared this game to Space Alert. Have y'all played Space Alert? Yes. Yep. I have not. So no. it, it's a game that comes with a CD. 
um, and it puts you on a very hectic timer that's just, it's playing like very frantic music. And I, I think it's only 10 minutes, but you're basically moving throughout a spaceship and just trying to not die. Um, that, that's how you win is if, as long as you don't die. Uh, let's see. Good fun party game, but as you're against a timer, it can get very chaotic and stressful as everyone scrambles to take their turn without getting caught out by the very cruel and unfair gatekeeper on the screen. Which, that was funny because we were all going very fast on the, uh, on the rolling and moving, and that was... It, in my mind, an attempt to not get caught out by him because usually he would stop, or many times he would stop and say, who's ever turned it is next. Lose your turn or something like that. So it's like a hot potato yeah. effect, right? Yeah, 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 that's exactly what I was thinking of. It, it felt like hot potato very often as we were moving throughout the Hon- board. Honestly, to me, that's the best part of the game too, that that one dice against the time limit, you're always looking for where's the dice, is it my turn? I don't know. Yeah. Um, the review continues. There's a tactical aspect in trying to prevent others from getting keys, but you find yourself playing more against the gatekeeper than each other. Manic entertainment, that is not as hard as it might seem. So, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, you um, definitely yeah. didn't play against each other, it felt like. Well, and the, the, the setup of the game that I have allows for that a bit more than the one that we played because oh, really? you can collect, you have to collect um, each of the six different colored keys and you can collect more than uh, six total. Oh, so, you so you can block people. Yeah, yeah. Huh, interesting. And then you are battling and stealing one another's keys. So there's a lot more kind of um, uh, key strategy. So I was just doing some research, and the version we played is the 2001 DVD remake. And why did they make the remake worse than the original one? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> why, why remake the like the clearly lesser version of a game? They probably that's just all. just did a video reformat, and that's probably it, and called it a called it a day, you know. Um, but I think that leads us into our reviews. Uh, does anyone want to hop in and just uh, give us a, a numerical score out of ten? We can we can kind of see what the RDG average is, and maybe we'll throw something in for Tom as well. Um, okay, I'll go first. Um, yeah, I got a ton of comments about this game. I think overall, um, the atmosphere per- portion of it, you know, obviously they're trying to set a tone and set a scene. I think actually they did a decent job, um, you know, with, with the fact that there's an actual gatekeeper. He's in character. Um, they, they ask you to turn the lights off. Uh, I think that stuff's all great. Um, the part where it falls flat for me is some of the gameplay components. Uh, we mentioned before that half the time, you know, I guess most of the time, actually, the cards that you get are, are mostly useless, and um, it's only for a specific combination of character plus number. Um, you don't get to use them. I think, again, I threw away, like, 25 cards throughout the game. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it just feels like it's, like, roll and move plus an extra thing, which is roll, move, and pick up and drop down. <laughs> and then you just, like, don't really do anything for, for most of the game. And um, yeah. and you're kind of luckily chancing on uh, getting getting keys so that you can roll into the middle. Um, so that part was obviously kind of fell flat for me. I, I actually really liked the um, the time component of the game, except for how they implemented it was a little flawed. So, uh, you know, there's a stack of, what was it, 117 cards, Travis, or something along those lines. Um, and and you just, yeah, you just never know um, when, you're, when those cards are going to get pulled. I think one small upgrade to the game uh, is if if the cards were set into quarters so like the first quarter of the game you can only pull from that that part of the deck or the second quarter of the game it's yada 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 i think that would have improved the game a lot um the time mechanic was really cool i think it's pretty novel um and it plays directly to the strength of uh the fact that you're putting it on a video or dvd some of the dvd board games don't do that they don't even you know it's kind of like this fourth wall um and they kind of pretend like you're not using a dvd but i like the fact that you're actually using the time component um in the time cards they just it kind of fell flat because there's just so many of them um and and yeah i think um i, I think like you know 
aside from it being a roll and move game, they had some really interesting components. I think they were ahead of their time in some aspects, with being that it, it was a VHS board game. I'd never seen that before. It used some of the time components. It done this sort of atmospheric thing. I think they, they had um, a good idea. They just kind of fell short on where they executed in the actual game mechanics. So um, yeah, with that, I think um, it's not the worst roll and move game I've played. Um, I think there's a lot of repetitive, repetitiveness though. Um, I'm probably gonna give it mm, like a th I would, I'll give it like a three. Okay. Um, I'll jump in too. I think this was uh, super innovative and I was actually pretty impressed by kind of the theme and the flavor that they pulled out in this game, especially for a game in the early 90s that was uh, mm -hmm, right. geared towards children. Um, I don't know if this was like the first game to do this for sure or not, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jessica's word for it. You know, she seems to be seems to be the I, I'm gonna assume she had all of the VHS games that uh, were in existence. Yeah, <laughs> so so uh, just uh, making that assumption, I think this was super ahead of its time. I think it's very cool how it interacted with the character, had that timer on screen, and I thought it was super innovative how they came up with randomizing the game while having a VHS that is going to be on a set schedule and a set script um, that's not going to change. So I thought I was smart by randomizing the player numbers and the player colors. Um, a super cool feature that I, I you know, it's, it's tiny and it seems, seems intuitive when you look at it but i'm I, i'm you know when you're designing games oftentimes those things can be so hard the little things out, yeah because so. imagine if you were always the same you that, yeah. you'd play that game twice and throw it away so. exactly um however i think they maybe didn't do a great job as far as like some of the uh like physical attributes of the players the youngest players the uh the oldest players or whatever those those you can get guessing um big problem with the time cards as jeff said they're way too many and way too specific um, I'm okay with them being one or the other, I guess, but, uh, it, uh, everything was so situational. It was so hard to pull anything off and it just became you versus the DVD. Um, so I, I thought they had a lot of stuff going for it. And I think, you know, from, I, I, I'd be very, very interested to check out the other entries in the series to see where they improve. Um, it sounds like Jessica's Harbinger's version of this game sounds a lot better. Like it, it's got some actual player interaction. It's got some battling, uh, that, is improved upon from this game. It's got fewer of those time cards or it doesn't even have those time cards. It's just yeah. Gone. The time cards are gone. Yeah. So I, I think it sounds like they were started moving in the right direction. Um, and I thought this was a super cool idea. I am going to try and uh, not be too biased and like looking at it through the retros retrospectoscope and saying, you know, these roll and move aspects are awful, which they are, but you know, it's it's easy to look at a game from 20 years ago and, and say that stuff. Um, I actually thought they did a decent decent job of implementing a lot of the stuff. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to give this a nice 5.5. Oh, wow. Yeah. Trav? Yeah, you know, I got to say, this game does something that all dice-based roll and move with multiple different purgatories does. It, should, it gives a time limit. You know, you can only play this game for one hour. If you don't yeah. win in an hour, you all yeah. lose. Yeah. That's a mechanic that should be uh, more widely implemented in the world of movie genre of board games, I, I think. Totally personally. agree. All right. And I'm, I have to apologize here, guys. I actually told a little bit of a white lie to you guys unintentionally. I opened up a different version of Tabletop Nightmare oh, no. than we played, and there's actually 170 time cards. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, that is uh, insane. The, the version I opened up, the new, the newer one, the better one, I think, took out a lot of those oh, cards that were... 
that, that were uh, you know scream at a person if you scare them, take their cards. Oh, okay. and so they yeah. removed all those of those are the cards from the deck. Those, those were the funnest ones. I think <laughs> they I think always worked, in, right, guys? They I always worked. I think it came into play once, so uh, there's something to be said for that. Especially over yeah. a uh, you know internet over Discord when you're screaming right. at somebody, <laughs> yeah, they just take their heads <laughs> off. Yeah. And you can't see their face. You have to ask them, "Hey, did I scare you? Were you scared?" <laughs> uh, anyways, anyways, back to my review. Uh, like I said, I like the time limit. I like the kind of tension it introduces to the game. You know, you're kind of like really quickly trying to roll the dice, and move, and, and figure things out quick. Um, for my score, I would say I'm up kind of in between Jeff and Garrett. Uh, maybe like a, a four point five. I'll say. Awesome, Jessica. How'd you feel about it? Huh. So I will say I, I, I had to get over a hump of disappointment when I had to adjust yeah. to the more simplified version of, well, in some ways simplified and in other ways, much more um, cluttered and um, complex uh, with all of the cards right. and the different uh, components yeah, I totally um, get that. in that regard. Yeah. Uh, but it was really like, I do really enjoy having the, uh, the randomized video and sometimes he would get really personal like I I think I can't remember what the situation was but when he was telling I guess I got called out and had to go closer and closer and he was like come <laughs> come sit right in front of me and I felt really compelled to follow him and be like yes yes whatever you say and then yes, he was like gatekeeper. <laughs> and then he was like what are you doing go away don't come near me and like just just kind of having that uh inner compulsion felt kind of fun to have alongside something that is a bit more uh, traditional in terms of how the game unfolds. So yeah, I would say I would I would give the one that we played uh, I'd give it a four okay. and I would say everyone should definitely continue exploring because I will dangle a an, uh, an eight in front of wow. you for the version that I have. Wow. Wow, that's okay. I'm yeah, I was gonna ask. Intrigued. Yeah, I was gonna ask it. You know how how you rated the actual version that you had, and wow, an eight. Jeez. Wow. Granted, I haven't played it. Uh, <laughs> I've come that to means playing it. Well, at least that review is more true to time, right? You know, we're not we're not adding this filter of 2020 on it. We're uh, that's what you would rate it as a whatever 10, 13 year old kid. Yeah. Great. No, I- I'd, I'd be super interested to see where they improve it. Just from the descriptions you were given, Jessica, it sounded like a much, more much better, yeah, clean, much yeah. better, you know, a gamer's more of a gamer's game, maybe not a gamer's game, but more of a gamer's game with right. the, uh, the cool theme. And we've always said, you know, for people that listen to this podcast, uh, we're, we're, we're all about the theme here on uh, roll and move. So we'd, we'd love to see that. So, you know, this is really right up Thomas's alley too. I was really disappointed that he couldn't join in on this episode. <laughs> Thomas, I, I think Thomas would have really appreciated. Although you know, he gets very critical of like lighting, uh, camera <laughs> angles, and uh, makeup. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think Thomas would would really really hate that guy. Uh, <laughs> in an um, accent, yeah, he was uh, pursing his lips, as Jeff pointed out. And you know, uh, as big as Tom is on theme, guys, uh, I just think he would have really been taken out of it by the poor, the poor acting, the poor. Uh, visual effects, the special effects, and the VHS, and the fact that you had to rewind the movie after you were done instead of uh, <laughs> popping it back. Not in. his favorite. Yeah, Not his it favorite. probably probably would have given him flashbacks to getting 
finds at Blockbuster when he didn't rewind his uh, tape. So I think. What do you guys think? I mean, I feel like he's going to go pretty low on this, but uh, I don't know. I I see him. Oh, he just sent me a text. Yeah, he says nuke it. Negative two. All right, negative two <laughs> negative is two. our score. Negative two from, from Tom. Tom. Jeff, can you give us a rough draft boys and gals average for the yep. game now that we've uh Yep, with Tom, everyone's Tom score in here, uh, crunch some numbers here. Looks like we came out right at a three. 3.0 3. for the RDG fam. Uh, Board Game Geek is actually a lot higher on this game. They have the original VHS version of this game at a 5.8. And as we said, this is probably the lowest rated version. Uh, the Harbingers, I think, is at a 5.9. So it, it seems they started getting better as they were going along. But we're quite a bit lower. We're about uh, you know almost three points lower than, than Board Game Geek. Um, but with that, I think we need to have a higher rated podcast in order to get the word out and, uh, and, and dispute any of our board game geek claims. So if you guys could do us a favor and, uh, just interact with us on Twitter, you can, uh, tweet us at rough draft games on Twitter. Uh, if you got, if you can fit it into 160 characters, send us a tweet there. Uh, if you know where to find a copy of atmosphere, um, or if you live in Atlanta and want to play with Trav and Jessica, just tweet us we'll tweet out to them that's kind of how we do things around here at rough draft games uh, or if you can't fit it into 160 characters send us an email roughdraftgames at gmail.com um, how else can they get in touch with us Joe? yeah so uh, if you like the idea of um, you know thematic or atmospheric type games come out onto our website roughdraftgames.com we've got a list of them and how to make those games more thematic uh, with our blog actually called thematic um, <laughs> other ways uh, you can check out other episodes of Roll and Move where we dive into other games just like this just as bad maybe even worse um, and of course the game that we're working on uh, All Rise which in that theme you are uh, in the thrilling uh, seat of a, an attorney and Trav I need you to give me a walkthrough of how one could possibly help us out on iTunes or other podcasting services you know, give them that old five star review, five out of five stars. Get the word Please. out. Spread the only five word. stars. We only accept five stars. Uh, we can't make change, so you can give us make. anything else. <laughs> <laughs> can't give you any of that any of that back. So, as he alluded, it helps us with the algorithms, helps us get uh, recognized, and helps the uh, the non non searchers, the non the people who aren't just putting roll and move in the search bar, helps other people find it if they're just looking at board games, bad board games comedy humor I, I don't know if those things apply to us but uh you know, help, help, helps <laughs> helps people find our podcast nonetheless uh and also if you guys could take your time uh check out our page for all rise if you go to our website as jeff mentioned roughdraftgames.com uh check out all rise we have an email list up there we are planning to launch very very soon hopefully within the next couple months uh, and we will have that out be on the lookout for the kickstarter uh we got the print play up if you want to give it a try we've got some graphics some sneak peeks for anybody that's interested in taking a peek at that uh but we are well on our way to getting that out thanks jessica thanks travis hey thank you so little market you have lost This is the end of my game, but just the beginning of your nightmare.